It's December 20th, 2022, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Cotnor. Our top stories from international outlets this morning. Al Jazeera is reporting that joint exercises between the Chinese and Russian Navy in the East China Sea began this week and will further deepen cooperation between Moscow and Beijing. The drills will be held off the coast of Zhejiang province south of Shanghai from today until next Tuesday, according to a brief notice posted on Monday by China's Eastern Theater Command of the People's Liberation Army. Putting aside decades of mutual distrust, China and Russia have stepped up military exercises as part of their aligning of foreign policies in recent years to oppose the U.S.-led Western political order. India's foreign minister has said that the country has scaled up troop deployment along a disputed border with China to an unprecedented level, according to the BBC. His comments came after Indian and Chinese forces clashed in a disputed area along the border in Arunachal Pradesh state. China's foreign ministry has said that according to their knowledge, the situation on the border was generally stable and the two sides were maintaining dialogue on the issue. The latest clash has led to a political uproar in India last week, with opposition parties walking out of parliament after their demand for an immediate discussion of the border situation was denied. The AP is reporting that the United States flew nuclear-capable bombers and advanced stealth jets in a show of force against North Korea yesterday as the powerful sister of North Korean leader Kim Jong-un derided doubts about her country's military and threatened a full-range intercontinental ballistic missile test. The deployment of the U.S. B-52 bombers and the F-22 stealth fighter jets for joint drills with South Korean warplanes was part of an agreement to protect South Korea with all available means, including nuclear, South Korea's defense ministry said. Earlier yesterday, Kim's sister, Kim Yo-jong, used a slew of derisive terms such as malicious disparaging, rubbish, and dog barking when she dismissed the outside assessments that cast doubt on North Korea's spy satellite development and long-range missiles. Elsewhere, according to Deutsche Welle, a court in northern Germany on Tuesday convicted Imgard F., a former secretary at the Nazi Studoff concentration camp, of complicity in murder in more than 10,000 people. She received a two-year suspended sentence, as requested by prosecutors. From June 1943 to April 1945, she worked as a stenographer and typist at the Studoff death camp near what was then Nazi-occupied Danzig and is now Gdansk. The prosecution has said her clerical work assured the smooth running of the camp and gave her knowledge of all occurrences and events at Studoff. An estimated 65,000 people died at Studoff, including Jewish prisoners, Polish partisans, and Soviet-Russian prisoners of war. Imgard F. remained silent during much of the trial, but said toward the end, I'm sorry for everything that happened. I regret that I was in Studoff at that time. I can't say anything else. 
LeMond reports that the High Court of Justice ruled that London's decision to deport people seeking asylum in the UK to Rwanda was lawful. The fact that their asylum claims are being examined by the Rwandan authorities and not by the British authorities is also considered legal. Because the British government had made arrangements with Kigali to ensure that asylum claims were properly examined in Rwanda, the judges found that the UK was not in breach of the 1951 Refugee Convention or its commitments under the 1998 Human Rights Act, a law incorporating the 1953 European Convention on Human Rights into British law. The decision was met with disappointment from NGOs who were particularly concerned about the fate of LGBTQ people in the African country. Home Secretary Suella Braverman reaffirmed Monday that there was no question of deporting families, but she also said she wanted to implement the flights to Kigali as soon as possible. The right-wing minister shocked the public in October when she said she dreamed of seeing immigrants' planes take off for Rwanda. The Straits Times is reporting that Fiji's opposition reached a deal today to form a new coalition government, signaling an end of Mr. Frank Bainarama's 16-year rule of the South Pacific Island nation. The minor Social Democratic Liberal Party said its executives had voted 16-14 to in favor of joining a broad coalition led by two-time coup leader and former rugby international Stedevini Rambo Rabuka, who looks set to be the country's next prime minister. Mr. Bainarama came to power in a 2006 coup, but later won two elections to legitimize his rule. His government has frequently used the legal system to push aside opponents and silence critics and the media. He has not spoken in public since briefly meeting reporters before casting his vote last Wednesday. According to Reuters, Mexican President Andres Manuel López Obrador on Monday doubled down on his offer of asylum for ousted Peruvian President Pedro Castillo and his family and backed calls for the South American nation to move forward its general elections. Lopez Obrador had previously said he considered Castillo, who was removed from office and arrested earlier this month after trying to illegally dissolve Congress, the rightful president of Peru. On Sunday evening, Peruvian President Dina Bolarte, the former vice president who was sworn in after Castillo's ouster, said in media interviews she had been told by the Peruvian foreign minister that the asylum request for Castillo's family had been approved. Lopez Obrador said yesterday that the asylum requests were still in progress. In lighter news from the UK's Mirror, with Christmas Day just a few days away, millions of us up and down the country will be nearing the big tree at the end of our beloved Advent calendars. Perhaps on Christmas Eve, you will find yourself with a full-size chocolatey treat to make you feel cheerful. However, one woman is in for a slightly different type of treat this year, as she will be uncovering the final clue in her murder mystery advent calendar when the suspect should be revealed. Rose Honey Morgan received the quirky and mysterious calendar from her mom, Heather, for her birthday. 
She had made the impressive dollhouse-themed calendar herself and labored over it for a month to make sure each day offered another terrifying clue for her daughter to investigate. I was in awe of the calendar. I hope I can live up to her cool and thoughtful present-giving reputation when my daughter is older, Rose gushed. Every year, she scours flea markets and online auctions to find unique presents. This is the best yet. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. Last weekend, I spoke with Josh Schrader, author of a recent op-ed in Inkstick titled, A New U.S.-Africa Partnership Must Start with Diplomacy. If you aren't a member, go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief. (laughs) 